Everybody, I'm Matt Castillo with Danny Small today. Chip Murphy not with us for this podcast. It is his it, it's his birthday today, so that's a good excuse to take a shell off. A happy birthday to Chip Murphy. Um, so me and Danny will hold down the show here today, and of course, where well, we're gonna go with it, even though it's been a couple of days since the trade has been out, and Derrick Rose has already made his second debut uh, with the Knicks last night. So we'll kind of talk about the trade and what we think of it. Um, I kind of hinted my feelings to it. But, uh, you know, when you have a couple more days to think about it, there's some pros, there's some cons. Um, so I'm looking forward to getting into that discussion. But before we jump into the Derrick Rose trade, I have to vent. Uh, and look, I am not one of those guys that, like, if we lose a close game, I start blaming the refs. You get so many people that will go, oh, we only lost that game because the refs made that one bad call in the second quarter. That changed it. That, 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 that's the difference, right? That, you know, I'm not that crazy of a fan. I know better, right? And it's usually something that the team just didn't do well to not win the game. And that is sort of the case last night. They did not execute enough to win that game. But at the same time, that officiating last night was probably one of the worst jobs I have seen in a long time in an NBA game. I mean, it's it's got to be better. Uh, there are some head-scratching calls after the game that certainly do not help. So it was a tough loss, and like I said, the Knicks, they didn't play their best game, especially down the stretch, so that is on them. But I, 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 I'm talking about they even challenged the call on this one where they had Bam out of Bayou hook around Julius Randle, who's being pulled. So he slaps his arms away and they call the foul on Randall and they, they get the, the challenge and you can clear as day. See in the first replay out of Bayou has him hooked around how that was not called is beyond me. That was one that was kind of head scratching. And of course, when Randall had the opportunity to take the lead, we were down by one. He took not a smart shot, uh, left a lot of time on the shot clock or on the game clock as well. Missed the shot, but he got in there and stole it from Iguodala. And Mitchell Robinson has it, and it looks like he's going to get a dunk right at the rim with about six seconds left. Clear as day. Olenek puts both his forearms into the stomach, in the abs of Mitchell Robinson, and not, not no foul call. And it's because if you pay, if you watch the replay, the ref is not in position. Never saw it. And just that you got to be better. And what's going to frustrate me is because I think this is one of those classic games that we'll see that stupid two-minute report come out where they say, yep, this was a missed call. Like, that makes any I, damn difference. I actually – I have the I have the two-minute report in front of me right now. Oh, okay. Now. Uh, they already have it. Great. It's They said everything was the correct call. Oh, my God. Oh, my – that's it. See, that's The only incorrect wanna... calls that they had was a, in the last two minutes was a missed – foul on Reggie Bullock um, wrapping his arms around Duncan Robinson and then a missed foul on Mitch uh, that hitting Olenek in the arm. But those were both like earlier in the, in the, it was like two minutes around there and then like one thirty. 
the well, everything everything at the end of the game they said correct no call or correct call. See, I've been trying for the last 24 hours to get some explanation for somebody in this damn league. Somebody needs to come on my radio show and explain this to me because you are not going to convince me that Olenek did not foul Mitchell Robinson. That is a foul all day long. I don't care. I know in situations where the clock's winding down, they kind of let some things go. That is a blatantly obvious foul. He hit him with his forearms right into his stomach as he was going up. I mean, you got you got to be kidding me. That, yeah, that sorry. Is- I'm just I'm looking at the video now because they did say they said correct no call on it. Yeah, you. I mean. <laughs> Tell me what you think on. Maybe I'm wrong, but I see a yes, lot the, of content. the the video that they have linked to it. It's impo- like it's impossible to tell from that angle. Well, I mean, it just I, seems like maybe this is an inside job of the NBA to piss me off. That's it. I'm convinced. I think I think by tweeting they're sticking it to me, and they're probably going to block me from their NBA official page. But somebody better join me Saturday morning to explain this to me because I'm telling you, you cannot convince me that wasn't a foul. That was so bad. So bad. Don't get me Olenek, wrong. Olenek does it. He does get like contact on him, but when you when you slow it down, Mitch is pretty out of control. He does he does kind of just launch the ball up. Let me and, ask you, you this: know. If Jimmy Butler has that ball in that situation, is the foul going to be called? Yep. You, but the yeah. the thing is that Bam out of Bayou. Yep. When Olenek makes contact with Mitch, the ball's already long gone. The ball's not I, even in the area. I thought it was a foul. I just I, – I, somebody – I'm, I'm just – I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just playing – Yeah, you're pointing out what they're saying. Yeah, that's, I'm just trying to fine. explain it from how the officials – I want an explanation on the replay that they call the foul Julius Randle because I understand by the time they blew the whistle, Randall was trying to get himself back in the position and probably fouled him. But you're telling me Adebayo can completely grab him Right in front of your face, and you're just staring at it. Yeah, that one was an, that one was uh, an interesting case. Because even Mike Breen, who never says anything, never says anything, he'll kind of just go with it and just go, yeah, you know, give the benefit. Even he was like, "That's baffling. I don't, I, yeah. I don't get that." If Mike Breen doesn't agree that something's wrong, somebody needs to call me from the league office Saturday mm-hmm. morning, seven to ten. I don't care what time, what segment you interrupt, and give me an explanation because I am livid. I'm writing a letter to the commissioner tomorrow uh, it's it's happening i need an explanation this is unacceptable and it's made me upset however end of the day we also contributed to that loss ourselves by simply just not executing down the stretch so with that being said rant over let's jump into uh the the, the big topic here uh the, the bread and butter of the podcast today uh the derrick rose trade and I, I started off with that rant right there. So I'm going to let you start off with this, Danny, because I'm curious to get your your perspective on this deal. We trade Dennis Smith Jr. We give up a second-round pick. In return, we get Derrick Rose, a guy whose contract's expiring at the end of the year. Overall, what are your thoughts on, on this trade? Do you like it? So right off the bat, I think – the first thing that I did when, when this trade went down was I kind of just like, you look at the package that they're giving up. Dennis Smith Jr. was going down to the G League for reps. He was never going to be able to carve out a role with the Knicks. Like that that was long, his his chance at getting a rotation spot with the Knicks or like, you know, becoming a long-term piece on this team. That was done. Dennis Smith Jr., wish him the best in Detroit, but – Giving him up for um, giving him up for for D Rose, 
I don't see it as a big deal. That second round pick right now, the Hornets are playing well. They're looking like a playoff team. I know you're down in the area, so you mm-hmm. you know all about that. It's probably going to be in the mid to mid second round. You can always maybe or not always, but every once in a while you can snag a guy who ends up being somewhat decent at that spot. But it's a crapshoot. I mean, the Knicks clearly right now they want to make a push for a playoff spot, and at the very least they want to make a push for the play-in tournament and that nine or ten seed. So you get at least one or maybe two games where, you know, you're in these like high intensity environments for the young guys. I think that's a good thing. Um, and I think with Rose, I don't think he's going to come in and take over the starting lineup for Alfred Payton or take Emmanuel Quickly's minutes per se. Um, obviously with Rose in there, it, there's, it becomes a little bit of a crunch where Quickly and Barrett might be, you know, not, I, w- I don't want to say iced out, but maybe a couple minutes here and there that they would have normally had are going to go to Rose. I think that is a possibility, but if the Knicks are going for this play, they're going for the playoffs. So they're going for the play in tournament. They're banking on the idea that that experience is going to be more valuable than getting them two or three extra minutes in each regular season game. You know, like they're, they're thinking, Hey, if we can get in, you know, the seven or eight seed, we can win, get into the playoffs, play a seven game series, that type of experience for Mitch quickly, uh, RJ, like Randall too. Mm-hmm. I don't think Randall's been to the postseason yet in his career. Uh, so like all those guys getting them some experience in these high stakes, high level games. I think they're just banking on the idea that Derek Rose can kind of push them a little bit further toward that goal. You know, and right off the bat, when I hear this trade, it was kind of what we talked about last week, right? Me, me and Chip were discussing kind of what this team needs. You know, they're great defensively. That doesn't seem like it's a fluke. You know, yeah, even though they, I think they have some, they have some maybe issues. They're not, maybe they're not elite. Maybe they're not going right, to be yeah. top five like they were right. for parts of this year so far. They might not be that sustainable, but they're top half of the league team right. at the very least. You know, possibly even top ten, you could say. Um, so I agree with you. I think I think the defense is sticking there. Right. It's in, in with that being said, like, like you're pointing out, there are some issues. There are some breakdowns at times with them. Um, you know, usually if we run into a, a really dominant post player, they kind of feast inside um, because I think part of it is that they're so concerned about giving up the three ball. Uh, and then there's been some games where, you know, good shooting teams have kind of just outshot us, you know, but other than that, the defense has been really solid. The problem is especially down these the stretches of these close games is we don't have those shooters on the floor, consistent shooters, right? We see it. They'll double-team Randall. Randall makes the right pass, but, but who's he making the pass to? Peyton. Is he making that shot? Hell no. You know, Barrett's had that look a couple of times. Is he going to hit that shot? Not likely. Uh, you know, Bullock, who the hell knows, but probably not. You know, Austin Rivers, no. Like, these guys are not hitting the shots down the stretch, so – Coming off that podcast last week, the big thing we were talking about was trading these guys to find some kind of shooter, whether if that was like a J.J. Redick or getting in like a Millie Monk or just looking for something like that, you know, maybe even exploring into a Victor Oladipo, which I know those things, especially Oladipo, would be a little bit more tricky. I don't, I, I don't necessarily believe that would be a trade that would happen, but at least exploring it, right? So that is what I wanted to see this team make a move towards finding a shooter, finding a couple of shooters, even to 
hit that consistent shot. When Randall is attracting attention and has to pass the ball out, we need somebody to hit that shot because if they, if they're hitting that shot, then Randall's getting a lot more one-on-one looks and he's been great all season with that. So, or, or when we're running a fast break or something, you need, you need those guys that can hit the three. Quite frankly, I think it was a, it was a, you know, part of the outcome last night, right? Miami has guys that are hitting the threes. Tyler Hero hit, I know, I think he hit one three late in the fourth quarter. Olenek hit a three after we took the lead, you know, coming like literally seven seconds later, uh, late in that fourth quarter, Olenek hits a three. They have guys that are capable of hitting that open three-point look. We're not very consistent on doing so. So that's one reason why I was kind of disappointed because when I look at Derrick Rose, is he that consistent shooter? No. So that's one reason why, I mean, getting rid of Dennis Smith Jr. was, all right, you know, that that's good. I didn't even think that was freaking possible. I didn't think anybody would want him. He sucks, you know? So the fact that we did trade him was a miracle in itself right there. But that second round pick, I, I think I was okay departing from that pick, but did we get the right person? And that's, that's the question mark for me. Not that Derrick Rose isn't a good player. Somebody was talking to me about this and they're like, well, you know, he put up good numbers with the Knicks a couple of years back. Well, yeah, he did. We didn't win a lot of basketball games though. And I mean, I understand that the team is playing much better defense than they were a couple of years ago. We're in these games. So like I said, there, there's pros and cons that kind of, come with this trade. I don't think Derrick Rose is a guy that fills exactly what I think this team is really missing. Consistent shooters, those three-point looks. Can Derrick Rose hit him? Yeah, but is he known for being a, a three-point shooter? No. Uh, one thing, though, that I can kind of get a sense for last night that was kind of nice to see was when we have guys like Randall go to the bench, maybe even Barrett. I know Barrett kind of had his uh, you know, back-to-back really tough kind of games. Um, especially on uh, Sunday, I believe it was. He was non-factor in that game. Um, but, you know, one thing that was nice to see that Derek Rose was able to kind of fill a void in the second unit when those guys go to the bench, it gives us a scoring option, right? Because there's a lot of times you go to the bench and you're thinking, where the hell is this offense coming from? Who's going to provide it? It's usually been quickly. The rookie who you know – is going to have a kind of game like he had last night where he didn't shoot a fish. I, I think part of the reason why I'm not really – I think I'm a little higher on the Rose trade than you are just because they do have shooting on that second unit. So Rose can – can not I don't want to, like, say he can't play when he's not, like, with dead-eye shooters, but, like, it's easier for him to do what he does when he has a guy, like, quickly who can knock down the shot. Alec, or Alec Burks is shooting 45% from three this year. Mm-hmm. So he's he's been pretty pretty consistent from there. Uh, we know Toppin hasn't really gotten off and running yet, uh, so to speak, but he can knock down that shot. He does have that in his arsenal, uh, and I think actually uh, just I don't I don't disagree with you that the Knicks need more shooting. I think that's definite, but I think uh, Bullock is playing much better than I think you're giving him credit for. Well, since he's come back from that injury in the last six games, he's shooting 43% from three right. on five attempts. So I think, you know, recently he's been, he's been much better right. uh, than he kind of was, I guess, because to start the season, he was about 35%. So he was, right. you know, not 
lighting it up, but I think he's consistent enough where he's, he's serviceable out there. Obviously he's not Joe Harris or JJ Reddick or, you know, mm-hmm. some Kyle Korver, but I think Bullock Burks quickly give you enough shooting from the guards that Rose is fine there. Um, obviously we've talked about Alfred Payton in the past and whether they trade him or they trade rivers or, you know, what they do, I think it's going to be interesting to see because I think quickly probably eventually should be the guy starting alongside Barrett and just let those two run a little bit. But I do like having Burks or uh, excuse me, not not just Burks, Burks, but uh, Rose. I like having Rose as that lead guard on the second unit. I think he'll, he'll be fine in that role. Yeah. And you know, a couple days ago, I I was kind of scratching my head on the trail. Like I said, I, I've kind of thought some things through, and I'm not like completely against this trade now. You know, a couple of days ago, if we would have done this podcast Monday, I would have been like, I don't like it. I, yeah. I don't like. It. I don't know. Maybe it's because I got to see it last night a little bit, and you know, it wasn't perfect because a guy just got cleared to play all that stuff. You know, doesn't know the off. Well, I mean, exactly. He, well, know he knows it, but yeah, he doesn't know the doesn't, teammates. Yeah, 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 that's what I mean. Right. Yeah, you know? he doesn't know. He doesn't know the chemistry on the team, how guys play necessarily. Mm-hmm. And that that might perspective a little bit, knowing that, you know, you have a guy that is a scorer, a guy that plays downhill. I like that aspect. I like to see that we do have another option now with this second unit when some of like Randall needs a break and all that. I think that's a positive. It's just, again, and maybe something else can be done with this team. There's still some some moves some mm-hmm. that can be made, but I still think what this team is needing is more consistent shooting. If you can find me another consistent shooter, then I think this, like me and, and Chip were talking about, we go from battling for a play-in game to perhaps making sure, like we could be in either anywhere from seven, the that, that play-in game for sure, where we're not really kind of sweating it out. Um, if we can add that to the team, not that it's really going to take us over the top and make us a serious contender. We're not, we're not, we're not there yet, obviously, but we're taking the steps and that's important. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it's definitely feeling a little bit of better about the trade in the last couple of days mm. than I, had, uh, when it first happened, still want that shooter. But there are some benefits to having Derrick Rose around. And you kind of touched on this before, Danny. I think one of the concerns was what does Derrick Rose mean for Emmanuel quickly? People feel like maybe quickly loses some playing time to Derrick Rose. That's a narrative that I don't agree with. But before I get into my thoughts on that, I'm curious. I know you kind of touched on it a little bit, but what are your thoughts on the Rose and quickly uh, situation? Yeah, I mean, I <clears throat> obviously those concerns can be like are valid because we know how Tibbs is. We know Tibbs likes his guys. We know Tibbs is loyal to certain guys that he thinks put him in a position to win. And it's not always young guys that get the benefit of the doubt from him. So I think it's, you know, valid to voice those concerns. But I think at the end of the day, what Tibbs is going to do is he's going to keep quickly in the rotation as a mainstay whether that, you know, is him eventually moving to the starting lineup or playing alongside Rose in the second unit. I think either way, we're still going to see a, a ton of Emmanuel quickly. Uh, I don't think we're, he will have the leash where you see some rookies who, you know, are playing terrible or, they, you know, they just look bad and they stay out there and, you know, the coach is like, just let them play through it, let them play through that. 
I don't think Tibbs is going to necessarily do that with him. But like I was kind of saying before, I think the Knicks are kind of operating under the uh, with the I guess with the plan that if quickly loses a couple minutes here and there, Barrett loses a couple minutes here and there. You know, I guess not Robinson so much because he's not in that that guard rotation. But if our young guys lose a couple minutes here and there, but we we make the playoffs or we you know we have a good run into the end, the experience that they're going to get from those high leverage games are going to be so much more valuable to them than you know just averaging thirty two minutes quickly averaging thirty two minutes a game you know throughout the regular season. I think they're just thinking the long term value of that that high level experience is going to be bigger. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, have seen that a lot, social media, Twitter, Facebook, both, you know, what does this mean for quickly? I hope that Tibbs doesn't just like take quickly of the rotate. Tibbs not going to do that. I, I think, you know, quickly has earned and solidified that he's going to get minutes and, and, you know, really Tibbs said it the other day, you play well, you're going to play. And quickly mm-hmm. has played well. He's going to play. So I think the fear that Derek Rose is going to take away minutes or take away from the development quickly. Look, I don't, I don't, that was not one reason why I wasn't liking the trade. Really, like I said before, the only reason why I didn't is because I want a shooter. That's what I want to see traded. I want to see more of a consistent shooter or more surrounding these players, especially down the stretch and crunch time. That's, that's really the only reason. But when I think about having a player like Derrick Rose, I think he's going to help the development of quickly. We already heard about it, right? He gets there. First thing that he does is he takes quickly and topping out the dinner and mm-hmm. says, hey, guys, X away. Ask any questions that you want. Let me know Let me what you need. With him. Here. Yeah. And right there, that's a guy that's willing to help, right? He's at that point in his career where he's, he's willing to share his knowledge some guys just don't do that. They kind of come in and they just stay to themselves and they're not willing to really help. And I guess there's nothing really wrong with that, but Rose is showing that that's not who he is. He wants to help these young players. He wants to help them grow. Yes. He's still going to get some playing time and be a part of the rotation himself. But I mean, Derek Rose is not a bad guy to learn from. And I think, I think quickly will benefit from it. So that fear that quickly is going to lose out on playing time or, or if any guard falls out of this rotation out of the three that are playing right now, it's going to be Peyton, you know, and Peyton might be on the way out himself. They might look to, to move on for Peyton and maybe he can be used to get another shooter. Now that's a little bit trickier because they gave him the Ron Baker treatment of giving him a no trade clause, which I didn't know about until this week when I'm hearing about, um, not so fast. He kind of gets to dictate where he goes that that can make things very difficult for the Knicks. And I'm thinking who who's giving out these no trade clauses, man. Who's, who's well, making they, these damn decisions. This is killing. They might've saved, they might've saved a couple bucks for yeah. that. And which yeah. case he actually becomes a more valuable trade piece because, uh, Teams are aren't, teams are going to be like, all right, we can pay this guy nothing for the next two years, right? So uh, it, it it's a situation. Maybe they hold on to. Him. I don't really know. I, I I don't know. I still don't think this this team is done trying to fill in some holes on this team. I think Tibbs just likes having that that guy that he can trust, right? You know, especially yeah. point guard position. I don't think you know <laughs> so for somebody that played point guard, you you kind of especially with your coach. 
you know, they're like another coach on the floor, right? So if you are showing you can be trusted, man, you're gold with your coach. And that's what Tibbs has with Derrick Rose. They've had success for years. You know, he's just comfortable with them. He trusts them. You know, I, I understand last night he's not down the, in, in the game and those kind of key situations, but we kind of talked about why that yeah, was. It just doesn't already. have the chemistry. Right. That's going to probably change here. It's not going to be Peyton out there because Peyton can't be out there in crunch time. He just can't. He just he can't. He does not stretch the floor. He can't shoot. He can't make the shot. Doesn't mean that Peyton can't be a part of the rotation, but at some point, Peyton can't be out there on the floor in crunch time. It's just not, mm-hmm. it's not going to work. And he one of the things. Yeah, not sorry, not to cut you off, but oh, one of the things good. I think people are concerned about, not necessarily quickly losing his minutes, but also why are they playing him off the ball? This is a disaster, you know, it's a terrible decision. A couple months ago, like he he was almost gonna be exclusively off the ball. Like anyone talking about quickly being a point guard, it was like you were almost like talking crazy, you know. Right. So I think he wasn't a setup man. That's yeah, what and said. I think we've seen we've seen two point guard lineups be really successful in the NBA before. Uh, and I think, you know, Quickly's ability to shoot combined with Rose's ability to drive and cut and, you know, make make shots at the rim. Um, obviously, we know Quickly's floater is great, too. Both right. guys can get in the lane there. But just the fact that Quickly can play off the ball, he can catch and shoot, he can do a few different things there. I don't think it's a bad thing to have two point guards on the floor at all. No. I think, you know, I think actually it's, like you said, coach on the floor, smartest player, um, guy who kind of knows everything, what's going on. If you have two of those guys on the floor, even better. I mean, right. guarding will maybe be a little bit of an issue for them when they go up against certain teams. But if they're on the second unit, they're not they're not going to be having to match up with Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. It, you know, they're not going to have to go through these like really tough matchups. You know, when you're in the second unit like that. Right, and so I do. I had to process it. My mind is still kind of in the same thing. I want, I want some shooters that that's what I want. So when you get Derek Rose, he doesn't scream three point shooters. So at first I tweeted that. I was like, I, I'm not thrilled about it. Curious to see what you guys think, but probably should have waited a little bit, you know, <laughs> to pump the brakes on it because I'm not like livid about it. Right. Like, you know, at yeah. first it was kind of like, why, why are we doing this again? Why are we doing there? There, there, is some pros to it there's still some things that i still want to see kind of develop that might be answered some question marks that i do have um but again the the quickly losing time is not not one that i ever even thought was going to happen he's just playing too good tibbs ain't dumb i mean he knows what he's doing he ain't dumb he's not going to take out a guy that's given production i mean clearly you can see the odd man out yesterday was austin rivers that got a dmp you know what i mean so it's like he said, you play well, you're going to play. If you're not, well, you're going to come out and sit the bench a little bit. And that's kind of the way it should be, to be honest. Um, so letting it process, letting it kind of digest and all that. It's still early. We only seen one game. I do think that there's going to be some changes ahead, especially down the stretch of some games. I think Derrick Rose is out there. Peyton won it. Uh, I think quickly gets into that mix as well. And, you know, look, we, we still have something, as you said, maybe Austin Rivers becomes a trade piece. Maybe that gets us some picks back. Maybe that gives us a shooter that's on somebody's bench that we can kind of plug in there to see what they can give. Who knows? You know, maybe like if, if the Pelicans are looking to move on with J.J. Redick, I mean, maybe you can throw in Austin Rivers for J.J. Redick type thing. 
and get your shooter that you want because like me and chip talked about last week he's yeah you know he's 36 years old you know he's has a proven track record of being a a three-point shooter and if he doesn't shoot very well well at the end of the year he's off the books anyway you know so it's not much risk to it so I, i don't think this team is done making moves um and now that I let it kind of digest, I'm kind of interested to see how this will work. If it works, I was, like I said, I think the biggest encouraging thing was, okay, we got Derek Rose that can go score the ball when Randall needs a breather or when Barrett needs a breather or something. We have other options. Uh, and I think that that's kind of big for us. And I think that's what Tibbs wanted them for, you know, really to go. And I think that was another problem that I think I might've even overlooked, even though I knew it was the case, right? I knew that we didn't have that second unit consistent scoring. There was a lot of games that it, it literally came from the starters on the bench really kind of just did nothing. That was an issue too. And I think Tibbs looked at it as how can I fix that issue? And I, I think not the number one issue on my mind, but it still was an issue. And I think the team had, did address it. So I kind of take back what I said a couple of days ago that I don't get this. I don't like it. Um, it, It's maybe not the move that I want right now, but I still think that there's some value into it. And now that I want to process, I'm okay with it. Doesn't, doesn't really make me uh, upset. And, you know, I'm curious to kind of see where it heads next, you know? So we got a couple of days now, Uh, this is Wednesday. So the Knicks don't play again until, to Friday. So I'm sure they're getting some practice time in Derek Rose, probably getting a little bit more accustomed to the rest of his team might have a bigger role on Friday. Um, but you know, it, let's see, I think this is an important stretch of games coming up. Danny, uh, would you agree with that? The kind of, you know, you, you look over at the big picture of some things. I think we lost five out of seven, then won two in a row and now have lost two in a row. Um, you know, with this stretch of games coming up, I know we got Washington who's really been struggling and especially Washington. I think it's a game that the Knicks kind of need. You lose two to Miami back to back, you know, last night was a really heartbreaking loss. I think that's part of the growth, right? You got to learn how to win some games and don't be fooled by Miami's record right now. Cause Jimmy Butler missed all that time with COVID. Yeah, they've been, I, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but they yeah. were really good when Butler plays and really bad when he doesn't. Yeah. I mean, they were, they're, they're 10 and 14 overall right now. That's not how good of a team they are. Uh, they, they are, they're steps ahead of us. And the fact that we're in those games and they're competitive again is a good sign. I just want to see going on another little bit of run, maybe three, four in a row, if that's possible. Um, would be kind of my ideal situation. I mean, they, I don't think they need to do that, but you know. Yeah, I I don't I don't think we need to go too deep into just like looking ahead on the schedule. But if you look at their next six games, um, they got Wizards, Rockets, Hawks, Magic, Spurs, Timberwolves, all very winnable games. Yes. Wizards and Timberwolves are two, and the Magic now are three of the worst teams in the league. Rockets and Hawks are decent. You know, they're fine, but they're not. And Spurs, they're all good teams. They're all gonna uh, maybe not the Rockets but they're like you know they're 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 not bad teams but those are six games that you there are some winnable games out there yeah so it's you got to take a few of them you don't want to lose those games that you you really could win and you know it's you know it would just make it's one of those things where you know you know you lost five out of seven at one point you won two in a row you kind of been kind of roller coaster up and down up and down I would like to see get a little bit more consistency 
you know, over the next month or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, keep the pace to be in that playoff picture is I think all that we really could ask for. Because honestly, again, going back to what we have talked about several times, better than any of us expected at this point. So, I mean, if we're kind of hanging around right there, that's still kind of better than what we thought we would be at. But I just think this team can do a little bit more than that. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. That's all I kind of hope to see them go at this point. From what I've seen, it's not necessarily all oh, this team's absolutely guaranteed to be a player. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying I do expect them to remain in the mix from here on out. Like, you know, two months ago, I'm saying they're, they're selling at this point. They might be looking to buy a little bit here, you know, to make that push and, and take that step of being a playoff contention type team. Um, then from there, can they build it and make it more where you go from a playoff contender to actually being a, a contender to win it all or be a force in the East? Take those little steps, uh, you know, forward is kind of where, you know, I can't help but think that it'd be encouraged the way they played the, the, the season so far. So I just want to see a little bit more consistency and, and avoid some of these long losing streaks or, you know, losing two or three and then winning one or two and then losing three straight. That's kind of been the trend lately <clears throat> is that we win two in a row, then we lose three in a row, then we might win two in a row. You know what I mean? Just <clears throat> a little bit more consistency than the up and down is what I'm saying. But with that said, last call, Danny, anything you would like to add here? Um, I'll just add, a, and I'll probably be doing this the next few shows, but uh, my last call, I'll just add a little something on the G League. The Westchester Knicks won today, their first game of the, of the bubble, 125-120. Oh, nice. uh, Iggy Brezdakis had a huge game, 28 points, 15 rebounds. He forces, he kind of went off in the second half. But uh, Jared Harper, 31 points, 13 assists. He was money. Uh, he was money that he's the – a two-way player from Auburn. Right. And then Miles Powell had 16 off the bench. So nice showing for them. They're fun to watch. They won 125 to 120. So a lot of points in those games. Um, but it was good watch. Interesting. Uh, I don't know if actually I yeah, it's the then the other one just Knicks fans will be watching too is G League Ignite. Uh, that's the team with like a mix between high schoolers and some veteran type guys, Jonathan Kuminga, who's for, who played a, in Jersey um, at St. Patrick, the mm-hmm. school where, you know, Kyrie Irving, Michael Kidd Gilchrist, a lot of guys have played. Um, he was really good. He's going to be, he, he's probably going to be a top five pick. If the Knicks end up falling out of the playoff race or even the Mavs, if they fall out of it, um, he's a guy to look for if the Knicks are up high there. He's he's nasty. Uh, but, yeah, that was my little G League report. Knicks win. G League Ignite wins against the Santa Cruz Warriors. And Kuminga looked really good. And also Jared Jack played. He went 9 for 10. Jared Jack. He went 9 for 10 from the field with 23 points. And he actually uh, he sealed it late for the Ignite. Man, Jared Jack. I haven't heard that name in a while. Yep, we talked about how Rose is like mentoring the young guys mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Jared Jack is doing that to the uh, nth degree with playing on the G League's uh, like their showcase team. So good for Jared Jack to still out Absolutely. there. Absolutely, yeah. Now, just because I, I I haven't followed the high school basketball up there in a long time, but correct me if I'm wrong, or if you know, Danny, did, did, is St. Patrick one of those schools that closed down? 
I know yeah, there was like a actually, I, I said St. Patrick, but it's actually the Patrick School now because okay. they did close down for a period, but then they reopened. I know. Uh, see, Kyrie, I didn't know they reopened. Kyrie had a he he had a big influence in them reopening, but uh, cool. yeah, they're they're back. Um, but yeah, there's uh, that school. I uh, they, they don't have um, Kevin Boyle anymore. He's not. The That's what I was going to ask. He went to, right. he, went to Mont, he went to Mont Verde now. Um, okay. Actually, I forget who the head coach of the Patrick School is, but. Um, yeah, they're still they're still nasty. They're still power <laughs> here in Jersey. Uh, you got Kuminga. There's always always guys coming out of there. And now with Boyle down in uh, Florida at Montverde, um, it I've seems like all, it seems like all the time in the NBA, you're like, oh, it's another one of you know St. Patrick's guys, another one of Montverde. Right. You know th- those guys. It's just a factory. Yeah, that's a. Uh... I didn't know they reopened. That's a good thing. I've seen uh, seen Mount Verde because they actually played some of some of the local teams that we had here in a, in a showcase recently. Man, they are talk about stacked. I mean, it's sometimes fun to watch some things like that. So that was that was good to know that Joel M- Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, yep. D'Angelo Russell, uh, R.J. Barrett. There's there's Mount Verde uh, alumni all over the place in the NBA. That's 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 some good basketball right there, man. Yeah. That's a lot of fun to watch. But with that being said, that is all the time we have. We'll close it out. We'll be back next week for another episode of the Nick state of mind podcast. Thanks for listening.